Hello and welcome to Lockdown Spartans for this Wednesday, October 3rd, another brisk fall day here in the Mitten State. I am your host, Will Hunter, back again, still employed by the Lockdown Podcast Network, so good times here. Uh, we got a good show for you today. We've got a little bit of uh, a little bit of zone talk that seems to rear its head every October uh, with Michigan State basketball maybe playing some zone this year. Uh, we'll talk about that, and then I, I, I got a great interview with Matt Hepner from The Only Colors. He does a a film review breakdown every week of the game, the big plays in in the previous week's games, and sort of goes through why they worked, why they didn't work. Um, and it's just a good look at sort of uh, the inner workings of some key plays. So him and I uh, sat down. We ran way too long. Uh, so I'm going to break that up into two interviews and use it for segments two and three today. Uh, we would love it. I would love it if you would reach out to the show. Follow us on Twitter at OnSpartans. You can also follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter. There's one L in Will and two underscores before Hunter. Uh, and then we've got our Facebook pages, Facebook page, Facebook group, just search Locked on Spartans, like the page, join the group, and it, you can always reach out to us there, send, submit questions, things like that, complaints, whatever you want, and then we got LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com as well if you want to get involved in the show. Uh, those who do follow me on Twitter may have noticed I, I started something new yesterday, and I'm going to try to continue this every day during the week and then have the results for the next show, but I want to do like a Twitter poll of the day. Uh, and some of them will be really sportsy. Uh, some of them will be, you know, a little lighthearted, funny, things like that. And I'm always open to taking submissions for pull of the day ideas. So send those along however you may want to. But uh, the one I posted yesterday is, MSU fans, what is your biggest concern heading into Big Ten play? And we got about 30 votes here, which is nice for a first poll. Uh, and very impressive given that there are only 20 followers on the Twitter account, so we, we beat our follower account somehow. Uh, four options on this. What is your biggest concern heading into Big Ten play, the offensive line, receiver injuries, pass defense? Uh, and the fourth option, I went with no major concerns. And so we got about an hour left in this poll, but, I mean, the results are in, and 76% uh, chose the offensive line. Uh, and I had someone also say, you know, they're con- they think Lewerke's uncomfortable back there uh, and, and pressing a bit. And I think there is some validity to that. We've talked about that before. So that was the poll for yesterday. And today's Twitter poll of the day, uh, I'll get it up here after the show is posted. It's fourth down and seven, and you absolutely got to have it. All right? So you got to get seven yards. you got to get the first down. What connection are you going to? Kirk Cousins to Keyshawn Martin on a five-yard crosser. I mean, we saw that work. Somehow, uh, in spite of throwing short of the sticks, almost every time. Uh, Kirk Cousins to BJ Cunningham on a post or stick route, and I couldn't decide which specific route to give BJ here. Uh, so I went with post or stick because it always felt like he, he ran those really well and always got open, and they always completed it. You know, that little 10-yard nod in, and then he just turns around, and, and boom, it's there, that that one. Um it was tough. I went with two for Cousins, and I only went with one for Cook, uh, which was tough. But I, I had, to, you know, I had to show some discretion here and, and cut one down. So I went Cook to lip it on the back shoulder fade. Uh, that thing was automatic, right? And then Lewerke, our final choice here is Lewerke to Felton Davis. Just and I, I, I chose fade route. 
uh, back shoulder fade generally, but also the sort of toss up, jump over a guy because we've seen him uh, moss some dudes in, in the recent couple of years here. So those are your options. Go to On Spartans for the uh, Twitter poll of the day, the unsponsored Twitter poll of the day. That's what I'm going to officially call it, the unsponsored Twitter poll of the day. Uh, so that's today's, and it'll be up there for a day, and then we'll get the results tomorrow, and I'll have a new poll question. All right, so like I mentioned earlier, we're going we're gonna to talk a bunch of football later, but I wanted to start with some hoop stock because practice was held yesterday, and the big thing everyone was talking about was that Tom Izzo said they are working on zone defense this year. Uh, specifically, uh, Dwayne Stevens is in charge of it, and they're really working on it. And that uh, that got MSU basketball Twitter kind of up in a bit of a frenzy about, like, is this the year we're going to play zone? Is Izzo going to play some zone? Uh, and I was kind of thinking about it. First off, yeah, right, Izzo is not playing zone defense. Like, are you serious? We've seen this before. We've heard he played one possession of zone defense uh, after Judd Heathcote passed away. Played one possession. They gave up a bucket, and he got mad about it, and like jokingly cursed Judd. Like I did that for him, and look, they got they got a three out of it. Um, we know his feelings towards zone defense, so uh, I think. It's pretty safe to say there's going to still be a lot of man defense this year, but honestly, if you sort of take a step back and and think about why would they deploy the zone defense, it makes a little bit of sense given some of the size and athletic limitations on the roster. Miles Bridges is gone. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is gone. Uh, That's... you know, Gavin Schilling is gone as well for all his faults. He was always kind of a rock-solid low-post guy. And you're going to have a starting lineup that's going to feature an undersized Cassius Winston, a slightly undersized Josh Langford for that position. Matt McQuaid is going to be an undersized three. We don't have a four at the moment, but if it's Kenny Goings, it'll be a little undersized. Um, if it's Xavier Tillman, it'll be a little lacking on the athletic end. Derek Ward. Uh, Derek Ward, <laughs> combined Derek Nix and Nick Ward. Uh, Nick Ward is a little lacking in terms of athletically on the defensive end, and we've seen him have defensive struggles. Um, I think a big thing to, to consider here is, is the impact the freshman could have. Uh, and Aaron Henry can jump in and, and play man-to-man defense in the big time. Like, can he do that? Can he you know, make up for some of the minutes you're losing on the defensive end with Miles Bridges going to the NBA. And I think it's like a, a similar sentiment with Gabe Brown as well, uh, another athletic guy who, who can be explosive. Can he defend two through four well enough? And, and if those two guys can do that, it'll go a long way towards solidifying a man defense that can switch and things like that. Uh, and Marcus Bingham Jr. is another kind of wild card. He's too small right now to defend the low post um at least he was in the in the summer with Moneyball. there are a lot of reports i actually just spoke with matt shook last night of locked on pistons he was at Moneyball and said nick ward uh and bingham went up against each other and, and ward dominated the matchup but he's got about you know, like 60 pounds on bingham it's there's a big size difference there so i'm sure he's bulked up a bit uh and he's this Sort of unicorn type player, big, long, seven foot four wingspan, can block shots, 
and is really athletic. So his development as a defender at the college level is going to play a big role in, in you know, the, the man defense. I don't think we'll see a ton of zone. Um, I think we'll see it occasionally given some lineups that will have to be used. And, you know, depending on the matchup, who they're playing, we might see it in preseason, things like that. But I think uh, when it's all said and done, it's going to be a pretty typical Izzo defense uh, playing some solid physical man-to-man defense and crashing the boards and just doing those typical things that, that we've come to expect from an Izzo coach team. All right, so we're going to jump into some football here in a little bit. But first, I need to talk to you about Vivid Seats. Yes, our friends over at Vivid Seats have a great promotion going on for you right now. So Big Ten Pit play is about to get going here. Michigan State's welcoming in Northwestern. You want to get to the game. You want to get some tickets to the game. You got to get to Vivid Seats first. It is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And it's really easy to use. You can sort by price, look for the seats in the specific section that you want to sit, the row, everything. You can just pick whatever you want. And to make it even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. That's right, $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store, Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and use promo code LOCKEDON to get that $20 off an order of $200 or more as a new customer. And it's perfect. You take the the family to Northwestern game, uh, use Vivid Seats for the first time you're thinking of using it. Now, there's not a better time than now. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN, get $20 off your order uh, for the Northwestern game this weekend. It's perfect. And every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. That is huge. These tickets are rock solid. So download the app, enter the promo code LOCKDOWN, $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. And guys, if you are uh, NFL fans, you might be thinking to yourself, hey, I need a new podcast. I need a daily NFL podcast. There's no better spot to go than Locked on NFL. It is quickly becoming everyone's favorite daily fantasy, not fantasy, national NFL podcast. Monday, uh, you can expect stories, you know, game recaps for local experts. In Detroit, we're lucky enough, we have Matt Derry doing Locked on Lions, uh, the radio, Detroit radio legend doing Locked on Lions. Check him out every Monday, Tuesdays. NFL quarterback, former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels joins Matt Williamson. Then Wednesday, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus is there. And if you haven't uh, aren't familiar of Pro Football Focus's work, they're really great. It's like a next level scouting grading. They grade each individual play. It's really excellent. Thursdays you get Mike Sando of ESPN, and then Friday Matt does a little gambling show. So if you're looking for a new NFL podcast, daily podcast, you got to check out Locked On NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we are back, and now we're going to talk a little bit of football. I was joined earlier in the week by Matt Hepner of The Only Colors, the uh, Michigan State SB Nation site, and he does a great 
film room breakdown every single week along with a couple of other pieces. So we talked about a few key plays from the Central Michigan game and then we actually branched out from this piece and talked a little bit about the wide receiver injuries that are mounting up and and what we can expect to see from that group uh, against Northwestern this weekend. All right, I'm joined now by Matt Hepner from The Only Colors, which is the Michigan State blog that is part of SB Nation. Matt, how you doing? Thanks for joining me. Doing good. Thanks for having me, Will. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, Matt does uh, a lot of work for, for The Only Colors, but one thing he does that I'm a real big fan of is he does a weekly film room where he, he takes a few key plays from every game and he, he rewatches the film and sort of breaks down why a play worked, why a play didn't work, what went wrong, things like that. And so you did this for Central Michigan, and the first play you picked is the interception that Brian Lewerke had in the end zone. And now the big thing here is Lewerke told the media after the game, he kind of thought that Felton Davis was being held a little bit, and the defender used the hold to sort of propel himself and undercut the route to pick it off. Um, what did you see in your film review of that play, and what do you make of uh, Lewerke's comments? Yeah, well, like you said, the the fact that he made the comment after the game really, you know, prompted me to make sure that it was one of the plays that I looked at uh, for the piece. And, you know, I, I went back, I looked at it, I had two different angles, and, and I think the conclusive part of the video is probably you can't see it because they go off screen on the, the standard angle, um, and then right at the point where it looks like there might have been a little grab or a hold. And then from the behind the quarterback angle that we also show, uh, it, it kind of comes through again, like right at that moment where the guys, you know, jump in the route, it looks like. So it, it's not conclusive, but it doesn't look egregious is I guess the way I would, mm-hmm. would define it. It wasn't something. And when I watched it, when I watched it live, I just thought that the guy jumped the route and it was a bad throw, a bad decision. Yeah. So when Lewerke said that, I wanted to make sure to go back and take a look at it. And like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that he's wrong because he was there and Davis kind of after the play, you know, kind of throws his hands up too. But it, it looked like either Davis, you know, if, if he did get tugged a little bit, it wasn't one of those where like he flew backwards yeah. and the defender vaulted forwards. It looked like there was some hand, you know, jostling hand checking going on the whole time through the route so you know i look i'm not gonna say that lewerke is passing the buck on this but i i didn't think it was terribly egregious and i i would say it's inconclusive at best but i i definitely don't think the video necessarily backs up what lewerke's saying 100 percent. and d'antonio even kind of said something in one of his uh conference calls i believe the next day that he, he kind of said well you know lewerke trusts davis in that spot, so that's why he he went with him. But it it definitely yeah. was a, a stare down and throw. So the guy jumping the route isn't out of the realm of possibility there either. Yeah, and another thing you point out in this play, and this is what I know the people I was watching the game with, we were all screaming like I actually yelled touchdown because I see Andre Welch go in jet motion through through the through the formation into the opposite flat, and he is wide open. Um, and you pointed this out, but Lewerke was already locked in on Felton Davis. And I think you said it seemed like he had already made up his mind, like, I'm going to Felton with this ball right now. I guess, what did you sort of make of the decision-making process from Lewerke there? He was pretty locked in on Felton the whole time. Yeah, and, you know, I I don't want to kill him on that necessarily, um, because... It's, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> right, well, and I had written Davis. something yeah. last week. That I, that I think I posted last Tuesday that was 
criticizing the the Sowards jet sweep in the red zone the week before, and I highlighted, look, here's Felton Davis up at the top of the formation in single coverage without another defender within 25 yards of him. You should throw the ball to Felton Davis here. But uh, so, you know, going to Davis in the red zone, I think, is what you want to do most of the time. But, you know, this was, like you said, he locked in on him. He was he made up his mind he was going there. I, I said, you know, in the, in the breakdown in the piece that, you know, even if you're going to him there, the throw, and maybe there was some hand-checking, but it was not a wide-open play. It was not a huge window to begin with. And, you know, like you said, Welch is wide open there. If he, if he goes through the progression, even just a tick, he sees him and it's a touchdown because he was completely unchecked. Both the defenders on that side were at their backs to him and were trailing the tight end out in the uh, who was headed for the corner of the end zone. Yeah, Matt, they're just doing what you told them to do the week before. How can you be, how can I you know. get mad at them? I, I even said, well, <laughs> well you know, look, I, I I told you last week to throw it to Davis the red zone, but let's uh, let's talk about a successful trip to the red zone. Uh, the l- first Lewerke TD run, and I was really happy to see this just from a play call standpoint. standpoint. We see Lewerke run the ball primarily two ways. There's speed options on third and three or fourth and two that always seem to get the exact yardage that we need. He runs those a lot, and then he scrambles when he drops back. We don't see a ton of read option, but we saw it here near the goal line, uh, second and goal from the three, and we saw it just work to perfection. So just sort of take us through what you saw in this play. Yeah, well, it was, like, I agreed with you. I, I really liked the play call in that spot. It was second and goal. They were at uh, about the three-yard line. Lewerke's in shotgun, and he's got the the back uh, Jefferson to his right. And it's just a very simple play. And, and we get we see the, uh, the I have the uh, behind the quarterback angle here, and I highlight, you can see Lewerke is looking right at the edge defender coming off the right side as he's got the ball and making the decision to give it to Jefferson or to take it himself. And he sees that this guy, he, he makes the perfect read. The, the edge defender is committed to coming to get him to come in to, you know, trail the, the back, the running back from the backside. Lewerke just keeps it, runs right past him. And great job by, by, uh, Lewerke of taking a perfect angle to the end zone. And I mean, that's a play that, you know, if you run that and you run that in the red zone or in that situation, you know, from the five or so, you know, a couple of times, handful of times, it's going to work most of the time. Mm-hmm. And you can run it in other spots in the field too. And he's going to pick up big yardage because. He's going to outrun guys to the corner most of the time because he's faster than them. So uh, I thought that was a great play call. You know, I, I criticized the red zone play calling a week before, uh, and I wanted to make sure that this got its due. It was the perfect spot for it, and he basically – I mean, that was a flag flag football touchdown. He was yeah. just waltzing in untouched. Yeah, and that's something that – a lot. there's been a lot written this week about – uh, Lewerke's legs being uh, potentially a key to unlocking this offense a little bit going forward. And I, I, I agree with that to a point. I do want to see him throw the ball better, but I think if that's going to be a thing, some more zone reads inside zone with an outside read for on the edge defender or something that Lewerke can run that. He's got, he's fast enough to run that. And, and I'd like to see it incorporated a little bit more. So I was happy to see it there. Let's talk about my new favorite player, Max Rosenthal. My word. So it was just, it was Jefferson's first touchdown ever, just like a, a two yard. It's like a trap wham type thing where 
the fullback comes across on a wham block, and then the guard, the opposite guard, or it may have been, who was it, guard or tackle, it came across on a trap. Either yeah, way. It was, it was the guard. It was the guard, yeah. Guard came across on a trap. So just a, a short two-yard trap here, but just take us through this play and what made it so impressive from the, uh, the, the aspect of the blocks. Well, you know, I mean, I wanted to make sure that we, we looked at some some blocking and offensive line stuff because it's been talked about a lot and it's been something that, you know, our readers, quite frankly, have been asking for. I thought this was a good example to do it. And basically, you get Rosenthal at the tight end spot. And, you know, of course, he's filling in. You know, this was, I believe this was his first start yeah, um, at tight end, uh, the redshirt freshman. And uh, he just comes and just absolutely lays, comes across the formation, like you said, and wham block is the perfect term because he just absolutely lays this guy out, the uh, the linebacker, and opens up the hole for Jefferson to, to slide through. And the, the guard, Campbell, pulling too, lays out the uh, – seals off the guy off the edge perfectly. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean – <laughs> Rosenthal, you know, hits the guy, <laughs> drives him back, and then stands over him and gives him like a flex. And I'm like, all right, this, oh, is, yeah. <laughs> this guy's awesome. This is this is a Spartan player right here. Yeah, and that was it's something that we've seen so many times through the years. When Michigan State gets in the, inside the five, they run it up the middle on these short traps, these quick dives, things like that, these power plays, and it works. And that's just been the bread and butter from five and in. And I thought it was really nice to see it just work to perfection there. And, like, I'm just sitting here. I'm actually, while you were talking, I'm just watching that block play back and forth. (laughs) Like, he absolutely levels the dude, and he's a redshirt freshman, so that's really nice to see from him. Yeah, and a good job from uh, Campbell also doing his, his work there. All right, so we will pick up with the second half of that interview after the break. Uh, But first, I need to tell you about Locked On NBA. Uh, guys, the summer's over, falls here. That means that means hoops is back. It's back. We made it. It's back. So locked on NBA. They never went away. They're still here for you every single day. So locked on NBA. They're your daily national NBA podcast. Every Monday, you can check out local experts on the biggest stories. Uh, Detroit. We got Matt Shook here doing locked on Pistons. He does a great job there. And then follow along with locked NBA all week long, thirty minutes every day on everything that's going on in the world of the NBA. So follow free, uh, follow for free Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Tell your smart speaker to play Locked On uh, NBA. Uh, wherever you get podcasts, basically you're going to find this podcast and you want to check it out. It's a good show. So it's Locked On NBA. Get it wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back with Matt Hepner right after this break. All right, this is part two of our film room interview with the only colors matt hepner uh, one more thing i want to talk about there uh, that this wasn't a part of your your film study here but i want to talk about wide receiver injuries a little bit because it's kind of been like obviously the cody white injury combined with daryl stewart and Jalen naylor missing last week we went from a situation where hunter risen and tristan jackson are transferring away because they can't find the field to a point where we're playing our fifth and sixth guys on the depth chart. So a lot of talent left due to injury or transfer from that wide receiver group very quickly. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about what could we maybe expect moving forward here. I would hope a little bit of increase in Felton Davis targets, um, you know, but what else can we expect here to see, you know, it's been a slog on offense at times and it, 
injuries are sort of the last thing you want at a time like this when you're trying to get your rhythm offensively. What can we see? Who can step up and help out this wide receiver group uh, and hopefully get this offense on track? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's tough because wide receiver was one of those groups that you go, oh, man, we just we got all the depth. It's fine. Yeah, just roll them out there. Whatever. We got, we got guys next man up. Everyone's fine. And now <laughs> everyone goes down, like, at the same time. That is unfortunate, and there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. But um, I think that uh, – so on the depth chart this week, you know, Brandon Sowers is listed as the uh, the replacement, I guess. It's the starting replacement kind of at, at white spot. I, I think that what you're going to see is a lot of different guys playing in different spots. The guy I'm really excited to see actually get a chance is Cam Chambers. Mm-hmm. And uh, – he did. He was practicing back to practice again today, and they are expecting him to play this weekend. Yeah, um, according to some of the tweets I saw today, not the case for Stewart and Naylor practicing today. Although they're both on the depth chart, and Stewart's still listed as a starter, um, but he was last week as well. I believe uh, you pointed that out. Yeah, so. yeah, he was, and Naylor was third at the Z spot on the depth chart, which is I think where he's been kind of all season. Right. But I think that uh, I really want to see Chambers because I think Chambers, you know, you, you look at, you know, Naylor and, and uh, you know, Lares Nelson and Sowards and, you know, they're all kind of the same type of size. Some guys yeah. are faster than others, obviously, but they're and, and even Stewart to an extent, right? They're all kind of more slot. Yeah, I was just going to say slot guys. So. If you want to group them all in, you could say they're all kind of slot guys. They do things a little differently, but they're all primarily underneath quick routes, things like that. Right. And where I think Chambers is a guy who's got a chance to give you a little bit more of the size on the outside. Um, and, you know, he was a big-time recruit coming in, and he's yeah. fighting his time. He's waited. He's put in the work. He hasn't bolted like the rest of the guys in his class or after his class. So I, I'm excited to see him get a shot, and I hope that, uh, you know, this is kind of his – because he was one of the guys I targeted preseason as having a chance to have a kind of a coming-out party from the wide receiver group if there was going to be anybody that kind of emerged from beyond the Stewart and White and Davis trio. I thought – Chambers had a chance, and he got banged up early, and they mm-hmm. kind of took away from it, and we saw Naylor obviously have the huge game at Indiana, and I still think if he's healthy, you can find some great ways to use him as well, obviously, with that speed, you got to yeah. find a way to incorporate Just him. Run a, run a couple jet sweeps. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, I guarantee you they'll run a couple jet sweeps, In the red zone. who's out there. Right? In the red zone. But either way... Uh, Chambers is the guy I want to see, and I think Chambers could be a nice red zone threat, too, actually, yeah. so... Uh, he's the guy I'm looking forward to seeing, and, and, you know, the rest of those guys are just going to have to kind of do what they do. You know, Nelson's got some speed. You try and get him out in space, but they, they're going to have to adjust what they do offensively because, you know, White was a guy who primarily was catching the ball down the field using his size and speed, and, and that's just not really something that you're going to be able to replicate the way he had been playing to start this season. So you're going to have to find other ways to do it, and you're going to have to have somebody step up because otherwise Davis is just going to get double-teamed the whole time, mm-hmm. and it's going to be tough to get the ball to him. Yeah, and I am I'm I had high hopes for Cam, Ch- Cam Chambers coming into the season too, um, just going back from his recruiting days. Like if you watch any of his tape or anything, he's just kind of that big, big X receiver that can go up and get it kind of thing. Uh, and I think – 
a big key, something that can help Michigan State offensively. I was paying, I, re, I did a rewatch of the game, and every time they went down the field with the ball, except for when Cody White broke his hand, um, they had success. They either had a, a deep completion for 20 plus yards, or they got a, a pass interference. And, and not, really on the Cody White injury, he was open in the end zone. The ball's a foot too far. Uh, if it's not, he catches it for a long touchdown. So I right. think deep shots are going to help unlock this offense, maybe unclog the box a little bit. And I think Chambers is a guy who can get downfield and go up and make a play. And I think we would have seen a little bit of that uh, last week had he not been injured against Central. He probably would have gotten some run there. But he's going to have his shot. He's uh, D'Antonio said he's good to go this week, uh, and this is his, his big opportunity. So we'll see. Hopefully he can take advantage of it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, – Matt, I can't thank you enough for joining me. It's been, so this will be my third episode, and I've just been talking to myself the entire time, and I feel like <laughs> I'm going crazy. So it's been really good to actually talk with another person. I'm hoping that uh, given time and things like that, you'll be able to join us uh, as much as possible, maybe every week, and we can make this a weekly thing where we go over your film study, because I think it's a really good piece. If you haven't read it yet, go to theonlycolors.com. Uh, check it out. Is it on the homepage still? It was today. May, may uh, not yeah, be, but yeah, it's might not be the the number one big one, but it's on the yeah. it's on the the thing at yeah. the top, and, and it's if top you don't four or five or whatever, yeah, and just search film room, you'll find it. Uh, it's always good, and and you get a little bit of insight of what plays work, how they worked, how they didn't work. Uh, Matt, where can people find you on Twitter? And do you have anything else coming out later this week that people should be looking out for? Uh, I'm Twitter, uh, at Matt Hepner, M-A-T-T-H-O-E-P-P-N-E-R. Uh, I'm, my avatar's the Muppet, so you'll figure that <laughs> out pretty fast. Find. And then, uh, right, and then, uh, uh, my other two weekly pieces, so tomorrow I'll have a get to know the opponent piece, kind of a, just a primer on Northwestern for this week. And then, uh, with just some key stats and information about them. And then, uh, I do the, um, the special teams break down every uh, Friday morning that comes out. So that'll be out uh, on Friday, and those are getting increasingly more interesting as we continue to have different guys playing on special teams every week. So. <laughs> you to do six different write-ups for the punters. Uh, that's always what you want going into the heart of Big Ten uh, scheduling is, is three different punters, punters running out there. All right. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, Absolutely, my pleasure. Yeah, until next time, we'll talk to you then, all right? Sounds good. All right, that's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Spartans. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, uh, the 4th, with a Northwestern preview, speaking with Caleb Friedman of Inside NU, uh, to get a little bit of preview, what what we can expect from Northwestern, what their season has been like so far, what they're good at, what they're bad at, etc., etc., etc. So it's sure to be great. And then Friday, we're going to have a fun football fiesta. That's what I'm calling it. Three Fs. Friday fun football fiesta. Four Fs. What an alliteration. That's amazing. Uh, but we'll have some final thoughts on Michigan State's game. We'll, we'll go around the Big Ten a little bit, and then we'll have some picks. And I'm going to try to convince uh, my buddy Matt Sheehan, who is a, a, a co-host on the Three Gas Bags, another podcast that I host. Uh, he's a co-host with me there. I'm going to try to get him on because he is... Uh, He's a gambling savant. He's like 21 and 11 this year on his pick. So we're going to try to get him in here, uh, and hopefully we can, in the future, get him in here every week doing picks and then get like a fan of the week to challenge Matt 
and they go head to head, and then the winner gets something cool or something like that. That's a, at least the vision I have for it. We'll start with getting Matt in here to do some picks. So, thank you everyone to listening to the show today. I always appreciate it a ton. If you're not following our social media channels, do that. Uh, I retweet articles there. I put up polls. I offer some insights and make jokes and stuff like that. So at on Spartans for the lockdown Spartans handle. Mine is at will underscore underscore hunter one L two underscores search lockdown Spartans on Facebook. You'll get the new episodes there every day. The easiest thing to do though is just whatever service you use for podcasts. If it's, it's iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever, just search locked on Spartans and subscribe. You get the new episodes every single day sent right to your phone. Uh, and it's just easy as that. So, again, thank you for listening, and we will be back Thursday with another episode of Locked on Spartans.